A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Aaron Sparks. Thank you, Jason Bernard. I tell you what, I've been waiting for that all day long. <laughs> I really have. I was singing it to myself this morning and you hit the dulcet tones just like I was hoping you would. Well, you're a special, a special guest because you used to listen to Boo and Koala, so I put the Boo voice on. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was especially for you. And today is Independence Day in Ukraine. So we have the Ukrainian flag colors at the bottom. That was a special treat for Anton and the rest of the people who live in Ukraine. Welcome, everybody. We're going to go into Aaron Sparks's brand surf, which is always the way we start. And we've got his brand surf, and he has a terribly common name. And <laughs> for, dominated, for by, <laughs> dominated by women. Uh, yes, exactly. But in, well, interesting enough, one thing is it's very common, and the other is that you've got the Twitter boxes right at the top, so you can actually, without being famous or important or interesting, sorry, Erin, you can still get at the top if you've got that Twitter account that has that um, engagement, yep. which is brilliant. And I didn't mean to insult you, but I, I kind of did somewhere deep down in my soul, I think. <laughs> but if we go on to the next one, what I wanted to show was that absolute dominance of, of women. You're the only bloke with that name. Yeah, trust me, I know that. It's kind of like if you ever listened to the Johnny Cash show, a boy named uh, Johnny Cash song, a boy yeah. named Sue, right? <laughs> so that Brilliant. that's what I, that's what I dealt with uh, through through my grade school years. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so. I guess that that helps me uh, get get past a, a couple a particular threshold, but yeah, I've, I've been struggling with that. Uh, just trying to get the digital brand SERP dialed in. You've been helping me uh, since we actually talked a while back on our show, and uh, I'm going to be coming back to you for some more assistance. Brilliant, uh, absolutely, with great pleasure. I mean, tricky cases like yours are definitely the ones I like the most. Trying to figure out how we can actually make some progress with common name, special problem that you have that nobody else that I know has have, has, I'm getting confused. What I wanted to do is you actually sound to me like you're interviewing me. So this is slightly confusing, but you have <laughs> the most amazing studio. Can Thank we see you. it? You absolutely can. Absolutely can. So this is Edge Media Studios. Uh, we'll give you a tour. Uh, Jacob, a uh, man is on the, is the, uh, the creative <laughs> studio, uh, creative, creative producer here. So uh, we built this studio here in downtown Indianapolis. Um, We've got uh, uh, a full uh, sound absorptive studio. Um, it's not, there's a green screen here, but we have uh, full control of our light panel. These are all sound absorption panels. We can drop in anything on the green screen. We've got a, a computer that's uh, over the entire studio that allows us to DMX control all the lights. Uh, basically, also not only control the RGB values, 16 million colors, but also the warmth of the color colors themselves. So we can put anything into the green screen, bring it full screen uh, during during a broadcast. Um, the entire studio uh, has uh, multiple cameras that are pan, tilt, zoom, uh, remote control operated. Um, Jacob, can you swivel up on one to C3? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. You just said something that's complete gibberish to everybody. Right, no else. worries. So this is the back of the house. So you see a couple of the other cameras here You're on another P PTZ that he's actually remote controlling right now. Got another one over there. We got one in the center. So Ooh. we've got multiple angles that we can take of, of any conversation. That's him saying hi right there. 
So right, okay. No, I I love it. I mean, this is the whole point. A, you were showing off. Anton then tried to show off with Streamyard, and I think he did a very good job of, of kind of countering the incredible technological situation you have. But there's a reason that you have that, and that's, that's right. why it was interesting to look at that because how many marketing agencies have a studio like that? Why on earth would you bother building that? Other than you like to geek out and you think it's fun. Boy, you sound like my wife uh, for a while. Why in the world would it actually you build that studio? Yeah, um, so days back to uh, kind of the inception of our show, we've been doing uh, Edge of the Web uh, digital marketing show that you were on for 10 years. It's going to be coming up on 10th year anniversary in February. And um, we actually started doing this at a local radio station, a couple different radio stations uh, and just get getting the the digital asset and be able to move it into podcasting so we were podcasting 10 years ago but um, we were moving around from radio station to radio station and they all have terrible aesthetics on the inside and we were already recording cameras they had shag carpeting on the walls terrible lighting so um, as our company grew uh, I, I, I looked at downtown as a new facility, larger square footage, with a focus on building a studio to be able to, you know, uh, a bit more self-interest of actually creating a better aesthetic for Edge of the Web so we can do all the things that, that we just showed you here, but also for another way to be able to diversify our revenue stream to be able to offer an, a podcast studio for the Indianapolis, Indiana audience a corporate, anybody who wanted to come in and just create a podcast or a webcast, uh, this studio has also got the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the regular possibility of actually going out and having a fully self-contained, it's basically an internet television uh, audience uh, or studio that we can actually go on, on location, be able to record keynote events, conferences, and do live stream, live action, camera switching with lower right. thirds, graphics, and, then and everything. And then you can come on and say breaking news absolutely on Florida from Aaron's Park. <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. Oh, oh, can I do that? I would love to do that. It would make me so happy. You're more than welcome to, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> now we're going to swap po podcasting voices and do the podcast voice challenge throughout the entire episode. How low was... can you go? <laughs> I can go very low. Yes, you but... can. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've heard it. I've heard it. Anyway, that wasn't the point. The point was, if what I found incredibly, the father of podcast, what I found incredibly interesting was the fact that you set all this up in order to educate your customers, your clients. Absolutely. Um, because, I mean, I look at this and I'm saying, why do this? But your initial podcast were to educate your clients so that they understood better what you're doing for them. Well, it, well, originally it was on a radio, a local radio station, and we were taking that podcast, the, the audio file, and the technician at the time had no idea why I wanted that MP3 file. That's how far back we were in history. You're old. I, I am old. <laughs> my my Twitters are my, tw my Twitter posts are starting to show that actually, uh, but um, uh, so we were cu curating that at the time of our own broadcast to the local Indianapolis community, but. This was to demystify and be able to help our clients understand the, 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 all the convolutions of digital marketing. Um, it's very challenging, especially if you've never done it before. And for digital marketers that are listening, we've all had clients that have, have had to have been handheld, especially through search engine optimization, because it's so bloody ethereal. So we started to kind of break this apart and give, you know, if you listen to the first shows, like one through 10, 
And please don't judge us on that. It was really step by step. What are what's the digital digital marketing steps that you should do as a business? Well, we started to pivot about five years into it, and we started to interview thought leaders. And immediately our our intent changed, not only for education of our clients, but all of our team members were getting more and more education about the cutting edge skill sets that you need for digital marketing. So we've turned this into a fount of research and development for our team. And over the years, we've embraced almost every tactic that we are coming across with our thought leader. And we're interviewing people, blessed to be able to talk to people around the world and they're giving us incredible information to not only share with digital marketing audience, but we're keeping our powder dry and our, 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 our blades sharp all the time, learning more and more. In fact, even from our conversation with you, Jason, we dove into the brand SERP side of things and started to dig around into all that for our clients as well. I mean, it was I get these aha moments and the team just rallies around these things. So it's uh, it's a uh, it's a factor there. I do like that even with the episode with you, Jason, that makes me feel great. Um, but but what, what is interesting is that idea of education. I mean, I think we as hosts learn absolutely loads from everybody who comes on. I mean, I've had David Bain, who was just showing off his studio earlier on. He's got a studio which doesn't quite challenge yours, but it's not far off. He's a bit of a geek on that as well. Uh, and Alessia, who's here as well, who's teaching me all about image optimization. How much do I learn from these people? It's amazing. And the information they share. And then being able to share that with the community, that's great. But one of the things that you were saying is it actually expands for your own business, your own yep. client base, because it brings in new people. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we had a, a case in point that um, a client came in, a prospect came in, and they needed video content for their app, their downloadable app. It was for uh, in, in promotion of education of opioid addiction in the state of Indiana. It was from the medical association here, right? So they have this app for continued medical education. So we helped them in the studio to be able to record all their subject matter experts, PowerPoint presentations, and even sidebar podcasts with that. They loaded that up and they swung around realizing that we do full-on digital marketing and said, hey, we've got to activate this. So they we, we engaged in an entire digital marketing and traditional marketing campaign, saturated the entire state of Indiana got about 9,000 credit hours of download for educating the physicians of the state of Indiana. And we basically demonstrated the entire reason that our marketing firm has a media production firm because it cross pollinates. They came in for video and they stayed for the marketing, right? Brilliant. And, and kind of that brings us into the omni channel kind of thing. I mean, omni channel is such a weird word, but. I know. <laughs> what do you do? You start with video and then just everything flows from there. Right, right. So uh, what we do in the studio, we plan, and it depends on the needs of the client, actually, but we plan with with the, all of the different channels and all the different tactics in mind. So if we come in, we have a client come in or, or one of our, uh, one of uh, a new process come in, we'll actually look at all the different places that we're going to touch digitally and we'll, we're, we'll plan the content for the audio lanes, the video lanes, the social media and the content curation for the blog and structural content. And we can even, if, if the client's so aligned, we can actually start looking at the buyer's journey levels of content where we have awareness, consideration and, and uh, decision-making content at a per episode basis. Then you can actually take that layer of audio that's awareness 
content, transcribe it into social media posting for awareness level content. Same thing with all the other certification. So all of a sudden you may be in four podcasts for, for one session, but you start compounding it with short burst, uh, one to two minute aha moment videos, as well as long form video. Now you're curating maybe 16 different pieces of content from that video session inside the studio. Then you're curating transcripts, social media, and ultimately blog content. And they all have a lateral connection between each other. If somebody comes in off a search, they realize that you have a podcast or, or they want to watch that video. So you're moving them through the, through the different digital uh, consumption points. It's almost like we look at the new media audience as a personalized equi uh, equalizer bar. I like podcasts over here. I don't look at that much video. I'm very, very heavy in social media and I, I don't do that much search, right? So everybody's got their own personal consumption and we want to make sure that we bring our client to touch all those different points as uniform as we can. Right. Oh, Epic <laughs> wins from Ori. Zilberstein, excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm struggling with the name. But you were using the words lane. Mm -hmm, absolutely. You're talking about lanes, which for me, I mean, I, I've never heard that before, but rather than channels, which are all very separate, all feeding into this kind of central pool, right. you're having lanes where everything's running parallel to each other and presumably punching each other like they do in the races. <laughs> the exactly. Well, think about it is that if you get into the lane, it, it, I have a preferred consumption lane of, of just listening to podcasts, right? right? So if I'm listening to a podcast and all of a sudden the podcast refers to a video, I'm going to be more apt because they're offering another piece of content in my preferred consumption lane. And I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm liking what I'm listening to. I'm going to be much more apt and a higher rate of conversion or at least click-through rate, for lack of a better description, over to that video because you've already met me in my preferred lane. So lane changing can actually happen with a consumer very easily if you're consistent in those lanes of, of content. Right. And that reminds me of something Ted Rubin said about a year ago on the show. And he was saying, when you communicate with somebody, communicate in the way that they want. So if they prefer to exchange with you on LinkedIn, talk to me if you're trying to sell them something right. on LinkedIn or on Twitter or on email. And, and, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, I mean, I know that when people communicate with me on WhatsApp, for example, I don't particularly like it. So right. it, 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 it's immediately more difficult. And it's the same with content. And that means that this is a big trick I'm missing is saying when I post an article, I should really think through to the video and say, actually, right at the start, maybe even saying, maybe you want to watch the video rather than read this. Exactly. Exactly. And you also dial it into uh, how to actually consume in those lanes. So more and more, video is a very snackable component and you don't want to do long form video. Now we're not a regular practitioner of chopping up our own videos as much as we should, but I mean, the, the consumption uh, and, and, the, and, the, and the listenership act or the watchership activation on video is much higher whenever you have a smaller asset to actually uh, present to the consumer. So you also have to figure out each lane has its preferred method of delivery, right, and its own unique hooks and what have you. So if you do it right and you think through everything, then the original recording that you're doing in the, in the studio, right, should satisfy those key points. So you just have to script yourself a little bit differently to be able to kind of just forecast how this editing is going to go into the audio, video, and, and content lines. Right. Okay, so now we, we, we've talked about kind of how you use it for yourselves. I mean, you're a, a media 
agent. Well, sorry, I, I was going to say a media mogul, but that's not <laughs> that perhaps true. Um, creating content to satisfy and uh, educate your own clients and bring in new clients. When you're using this same strategy for your clients, how well does it go? Because most clients can't even get their meta titles sorted out. Right, right, exactly. So it's all about efficiency, and you can't really put them as the put the burden on them at all. So you have to prepare your scripting. Uh, we have a perfect example of a local company that does uh, VA benefits for for elderly that that uh, are about to go into elderly care, nursing homes, and what have you. And they needed to, they needed to get the information about about who they were, what they do. So we got them into the studio, and because we're search. Uh, marketers first, we're going through all the annals of top questions that people are looking for everywhere. So I, we have a, a bullet list of all the different questions, two pages of it, Medicare, Medicaid, and we're just have them in a, in a session just like this for about two, two and a half hours, giving them breaks, but we're going through, answer this question, answer this question, how do you do this, how do you do this, all derived from market research, and then we start cooking up small vignettes, 30-second, 45-second aha moments that we can put on the site, answering that content, uh, answering those questions, but also transcribing it and creating blog content from that. All the while, the client's not writing anything. It's their voice, their subject matter expertise. And I got to tell you, as soon as they get on the mic, <laughs> they're, they're a star. And the passion that comes out of their unique desire of you know where they fit into the into the economy with their business it comes through so there's no right. way to, to manufacture that um, any other way but recording and and guiding um, th them through this process so part of the skill is kind of the interviewer standpoint and asking the right targeted questions but kind of drawing it out of them you know yeah that's your special skill set is it not? I only play that on TV. I, I I can't draw anything out of my kids about right. what they did what they did that day. It never, it never comes out. <laughs> but th there is that kind of interesting point is that you're a very good interviewer and you pull great answers out of people by asking the right questions. Anton was telling me seventy percent of an answer is in the great question. Yep. And what you're doing is basically taking Thank the you. questions that people are answering, then adapting it to make sure the person is answering with enthusiasm. And one of the things I was thinking is a lot of these business owners or people in marketing don't necessarily have the personality and don't necessarily feel at ease on video. Those are two problems that I thought would be unresolvable, but you've obviously figured it out. Um, it's how you ask the question and, and reduce the panic so they're not doing live, they're not uh, with a full fo focus that understanding that we're, we're going to make you look good, this, that, and the other. But as soon as you start having that one-on-one, -on -one, right, it's that foxhole uh, analogy. Whenever you're live like this and you're, and you're with the, the host in the interview and they're making you feel safe during that particular interview, not only are you getting the best responses because they're letting down their guard, they can then really start sharing their passion, but you've also built a trust that is going to be far beyond that recording session. You, you've now taken care of them and protected them from looking foolish in one way, shape, or form, right? Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm feeling safe is, is one of those things, is as soon as we feel safe, we forget about the environment and we let go and we, we talk. So mm -hmm. your first aim is to make them feel safe. Absolutely. Erin, you are safe with us. Does it feel that you're safe? I'm very scared right now. I, I truly right. am. I'm petrified. <laughs> it's the Absolutely. Red shirt. Well, see, what did you do? What did you do? As soon as you actually open up the show, now we all know you from from your, your from your medleys and your songs. But as soon as you broke the ice with 
your chorus, right? That immediately sheds a lot of panic off of the interviewer or the interviewee that, all right, we're going to have some fun here. That's an immediate icebreaker, right? Well, there are a couple of things that, number one is, if I sing the song, the person immediately thinks, I can never look as ridiculous as that, so I'm safe. Exactly. See, and And I I doubled down and tried to make myself even more foolish. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the other thing is you can thank David Bain for that, who's actually watching today, because when I said to him, I think I might want to sing the intro song live because it will save me editing time was the actual reason. Wow. When I do the podcast, and I'm not sure because it might feel a bit embarrassing. He said, just go for it. And he was right. He was so right. And I'm so glad I listened to him. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now it's, now it's a sonic logo for you, right? Now it's yeah. something that everybody can come in and rely upon. And it saves editing time, makes me look quite foolish, and makes the other pe- person feel safe. And I think that's the key is that the, the person is immediately kind of thinking, or oh, they're disarmed and they're, and they're ready to go, which is great. Right. And when you don't sing, how do you do that? Because you don't sing, do you? I don't, but I'll joke. And I'll right. crack up and I'll, I'll, uh, a lot of time when we were doing the show, we were actually doing the show live for about five or six years, right? So we'd be just doing like this. We'd be like one o'clock or three o'clock on Mondays or Thursdays. We changed it, but we were hitting the three o'clock hour. And part of making the guests comfortable was going through the news, right? So whether or not they could contribute or not, um, they, they, all of a sudden, they're not on uh, on the on, on on the showcase immediately. They're contributing to something else. We can crack up, warm up the guest with with uh, just some quick ob- observations of what's going on. That was my way of actually getting them into a safe space where they they didn't have the focus on them. They could actually focus on something else, and then we'd have uh, a, a pretty good interview with that that uh, that. Uh, uh, environment there. So we've actually split that off now. What we're doing now is News is a separate show with the indomitable Morty Oberstein. And uh, I don't know why I subjected myself to to that much pain, but evidently I'm a masochist. Uh, But uh, And then we actually just have a focused interview uh, with our guests so we can dial in. Still have have a good camaraderie, but it's not live, so they're not in that, that, that fright mode nearly as much, right? Right. How many programs are you doing a week for yourself as opposed to for your clients? I mean, do you not spend <laughs> immense amounts of time yeah. doing content for yourself? We do. Um, and it's always a battle of efficiency, making sure that all of our clients come first. Um, we have a new show that we do. And and the new show rel- is relatively quick to do. We do live uh, recording with Morty and sometimes other guests. We just had Lily Ray on yesterday. And we were able to edit it and get the video out, get the audio out within a 24-hour period of time. And then we got the show notes page along with that. It also fuels uh, social media after the fact, but we can pretty much get that out quickly because we're just, we've done it so long. The, um, the, the other pieces are the, uh, the dual segment interviews that we do. And um, that takes a little bit longer because we want to make sure we get the, the, the uh, interview well-crafted uh, audio uh, from an audio standpoint takes a little bit longer to edit those, but um, uh, we're pushing out maybe two to three uh, productions each week <laughs> for, wow. our, for ourselves. And that's not only just just a, a video product, but it's the audio lane, the content lane, social media lane. Uh, and it's also being sprinkled across not only edge of the web, the website, but also 
um, Site Strategics, which is our parent company. So we're curating that content of this is what we learned from this guest over on site. So it has a number of different touch points for each and every production. Well, I mean, so what just struck me about that, I was talking to David Bain earlier on, and um, the fact that you've got a process and that you can turn this around in 24 hours because you know exactly the steps you need to go through, the people who need to do which task, does that not then mean that in terms of business, people will come to see you because they're saying, instead of me trying to do it, I'll spend, instead, I, I would spend a week trying to figure all this stuff out, give right. it to you, it takes me 24 hours, and I don't have to do anything. Yep, yep, and that's what uh, that's how we promote it, is that we have a system that based on, how aggressive you want to be in your marketing, right? Because each each element takes its own time uh, and effort to do. But but we're looking at half, if not three quarters, the amount of effort as opposed to doing it individually. So if I'm going to create, you know, uh, 64 different uh, social posts on LinkedIn, Twitter, and 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 the like, right? That's a lot of effort if you're doing it. But if it's curated out of an uh, originally uh, uh, recorded uh, audio or video piece. It's a lot easier to hit those because we've already scripted it out. So we kind of write the social from the from the podcast itself. So we have efficiency kind of cooked into each and every step along the way. So I mean, there's uh, we've got different pricing models on these things, but it's about seventy five percent reduction of cost of what you'd pay retail, I guess, from a marketing agency to do it without you right here in the in the studio. You know. Right. You know, when you said retail, I just imagine somebody walking into the supermarket, pick it, picking things off the shelf. But yep. I think that's an incredibly important point. Now, now I'm going to bring it into my specialist subject, which is brand SERPs, because that's I've right. been doing these massive experiments of just pushing out vast amounts of content all around brand SERPs, the brand SERP guy, Cali Cube, knowledge panels. And what it's doing is very much enriching everything you see when you search my name, my company name, a synonym, the brand SERP guy, or even around the topics. And I'm pulling into these topics with knowledge panels, for example. You get videos of me talking about knowledge panels. Yep. How far has that been a success for you? It's, it's been a very good success. And we are talking about a number of different topics, like you know, about the show. And we're we're positioning these topics uh, or these these digital touch points around each and every topic. So predominantly, our show is really oriented towards the interview with the guests. So if you look up any one of the guests that um, uh, we've recorded over the last years, um, you interview Jason Bernard, right? And you're going to see our elements all over the bloody place, right? Same thing with interview with Lily Ray. Same thing with uh, interview with Alita Solis. We're we're surrounding we've got our blog content um, across multiple domains our social content our video and audio content we're kind of supporting the brand SERP out there with all the different touch points it's not directly dialed into key topics like uh google's title and SERP debacle right <laughs> it's oriented still towards our our, our guests because that's part of our our kind of transaction with with our guests is to be able to help them, and they'll be able to help us get social lift. So it's it's um, a strategy that has benefited. Uh, we are going to be pivoting it more for more subject matter kind of verticals into different digital marketing tax, uh, tactics. So we're going to have different categories of content. We're we're starting to curate all of what we've done uh, over the years and starting to reorganize it into subject topic clusters from a semantic SEO standpoint. So with everything that we've done, we're now going to start moving it around and you're going to see different different spaces in which Edge is actually 
now going to be pivoting with this type of uh, predominant subject matter as opposed to guest focused. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. And and one of the interesting, well, there are a couple of interesting things, one of which is if I've got a boring brand set with blue links, uh, the first thing that will trigger if I'm making videos is the thumbnails will appear as images, then the videos will potentially appear. Yep. Really easy way to make that look much better. The other thing that struck me or strikes me is with what you're talking about is saying we've created all this content. And uh, Gary Irish was saying, basically, if you're covering an entire topic and you're doing so with expertise, yep. the authority tends to follow, especially if you're surrounding yourself by these experts where Google sees the relationship, sees where they're expert, and that authority then follows, which means that as an EAT strategy, expertise, authority, and trust for anybody who's thinking I'm talking about my dinner and your <laughs> lunch, um, it, it's actually incredibly powerful. I mean, I haven't got yep. to the end of my experiment, but even now I'm beginning to feel that my own expertise, authority, and trustworthiness, both within the industry with my peers and within Google's little brain, is definitely moving forwards. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, we didn't have that mission in place as we started to to push all of this content out. We knew that we needed to get into the different social lanes from a new media audience engagement, but the, the derivative of that execution is now, if you're omni-channel, you're omni-channel in thought leadership, Google's gonna pick up on all of those different feeds, all of those different assets, and it's gonna benefit you long-term. It's, you're basically, not only investing in yourself, but you're also planting in all the respective gardens that Google's paying attention to. And if you know, if you know me, I string analogies like nobody's business. So hopefully that made sense. Yeah. Well, well my next question then is how do you get buy-in from the client? Because it's very difficult to measure, maybe impossible to measure. You're saying I'm planting all these seeds in all these gardens. Right. It all ties together and you've got this overall global effect and it's brilliant. And they're saying, what are the numbers? And you're going, oh, God, yeah. okay. Gotta wait. <laughs> but what um, are the and that's and, and that's, and that's, the, that's the big that's the toughest thing is is getting that that lateral connection between customers, obviously. Um, but for the numbers on the uh, or ROI for for just cutting to the chase here from a consumer standpoint or a client standpoint, they've got to buy into the entire method. They cannot look at three weeks in, four weeks in and expect results. This is, you are, you are moving yourself into a topic with resistance because there's other, other subject matter experts in there. And you're insisting upon yourself into that topic with, I'm not only here, I'm here, 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 here. Mm -hmm. And you know, of the, 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 uh, the, the uh, citations or the particular attributions in any particular vertical market, you have to be able to adjust and move top, move, the, the, the assets and the digital media and the content in a in variety of ways that are different from each and every channel. So you actually, your echo, you're, you're pinging into that, in that marketplace and be able to find, okay, well, I really need to move this content here. I need to script it this way so we can actually find our home and, and get response from Google over here because this is a little bit different than this channel of information over here. So the customer or the client has to understand that this is a narrative digitally that you're bringing to Google to understand your, your, your fingerprint of information out there and that it is unique, it is authoritative, and the only way to basically guarantee authority is consistency of communication. You can't fly one video, 15 social media posts, one blog post, and expect that that's actually a persuasive communication to Google. 
There's no way in heck to do that. You have to actually have a three-year plan, a five-year plan, and that client has to be committed to that level of authority. That's the separation of the wheat from the chaff. A lot of clients don't get that, 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 oh, they're persuaded by the immediate results of PPC, not the long burn of authority creation inside of the digital marketplace. It's, it's tough. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely tough to convince people. I mean, oh, oh, there you go. We've got a question. What would be good KPIs to then get clients to stay longer and commit long term? I mean, that for me was kind of the question that you, sure. that Ori has brilliantly asked that <laughs> much more clearly than I did. Right. What can you say to the client? This is what we're going to measure and this is how we're going to keep you on board. So another point of, of repurposing of content is also internal content to existing customers. So taking the same type of, so we also do a newsletter each and every week, oh, each and yeah. every week from our own show. So we're curating that and pushing it in front of our newsletter user base as well as our clients. So every one of our end of month reports or beginning of month reports that we're sharing with our digital marketing clients, guess what? We're also tucking inside of each and every uh, uh, report email, one of the show pieces of material that that we've done. So I then, again, continually uh, improving the authority to our own clients. But part of a KPI is actually utilizing that, that production to be able to enhance uh, attrition rates of your customers, be able to have additional dialogues. And sometimes the, the easiest way to see how, how well that investment is paying off is getting this information in front of an existing client and they say, oh, wow, I had no idea that you do this service or this service or this service. And all of a sudden, now they're paying three times as much because they had no idea that you were this, this uh, diversified in your different services. So those are the first touch points of a, a, that bell ringing for a customer or one of, one of your clients is, wow, I can actually... I can actually leverage my existing clientele just by communicating to them who we are, what we're doing, and how we do it, right? Yeah, no, 100%. Who we are, what we do, and I add to the third one is who your audience is, but that's for Google. But um, yeah. yours is perfect for, uh, for, the, for the client situation. But it is actually saying, and, and this is something people, in my experience, totally miss, is I have an existing client base or I have an existing audience, and I should start. Yep. by making the most of them before I start looking at the keyword gap with my competitor and getting envious. I call that envy SEO. Yeah, and, absolutely. And the idea of, of saying, I have clients, I have an audience, how can I best leverage who I already have? But one of, one of the questions I wanted to ask now, having made my wee statement and a bit of a moan about keyword gaps, uh, is how important is the details? And I think people see them as details, but I don't believe they are, of tying these lanes together of tying these different chunks of content so that they do make sense and that you can skip between lines. Absolutely. It's very important because, like I, like I was kind of giving an analogy before, every, everybody has their, their new media audience uh, digital consumption equalizer bar. Right, you're not in just. Can I just one make line. a point? Anybody who doesn't do sound won't have an, any idea what you're talking about. <laughs> That's true. Well, I mean, everybody has their dietary habits, right? So they <laughs> they 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 have a particular preference on brisket or asparagus or I don't know how how else we can. can but you have your per, your preferred consumption, right? Yeah. But there are. There, there are uh, uh, you know, elements that go together, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, a nice steak and some asparagus go, to, go together quite nicely, right? I may be a big steak person, but you know what? 
it's a it's a great accoutrement, and it can actually even persuade me longer to 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 eat more uh, in the in the green lane, right? If I, if I have a good combination or, or, or a good uh, supporting element there, and that goes with podcasting. If I'm if I'm a podcast consumer, and you lightly tell me that there's also an expanded video about this very subject, yeah. right? You're just going to persuade me over there, and I'm I'm going to be more highly con- highly qualified to convert with you in the other areas once I land into the other lane and see that you're taking care of me nicely. You're not hitting me over the head with sales. You're expanding my query, expanding my interest. So the cross-pollination of these lanes are is incredibly important. And again, it's that whole point of don't you don't need more audience. You need to be able to move your audiences into the other areas that they're going to value more because you're giving away. The best thing is giving away your content, your information. And, and let them know how you know how difficult it is and how easy it would be to join you in in their merry crusade of of authority, right? Right. No, brilliant. I, I do I, I do deeply admire the fact that I threw a curveball at you with the equalizer thing, and you segued beautifully into food <laughs> and dietary habits. Absolutely stunning. Because I regretted it when I said it. I thought, oh no, I've thrown him a curveball. But uh, Anton <laughs> taught me that very early on when I started working with him is. If you share, your audience builds. And what you're saying then is I don't need to keep all of this secret because my what I'm offering is the value of being able to apply all this. And in your case and David Bain's case, he's saying I can actually do it quicker, more effectively, and simpler. Exactly. Exactly. Is that um, you define – anybody can do these things, but – why would you waste your time in yeah. learning and optimizing? We've been doing this for 10 years. There's, there's, there's something there of just that investment of effort that makes us much more skilled to deliver your message the way you, you want it in all of the well-practiced lanes. We're also adapt and agile to be able to find new areas where we can actually get your narrative out there. Why would you, as a customer or client, waste your time trying to figure that out? Back to the, the 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 KPI thing. I didn't want to just gloss over as the initial KPI of cus- of customers, but there certainly are early KPIs to get the customer or the client to adopt it more. And that is the the amount of time listening, right? As opposed to the downloads, it's about the amount of time listening as well as the cross connection of the audio asset to the show page to the play of the video. You can see that type of behavior inside of analytics, which is beautiful. So you can see that user now consuming another different pieces. That can be a huge persuasion point to a, a new client that's embarking on this voyage. You know, this is what you should expect here. This is what you should watch now. Don't watch at the numbers. You're not going after 10,000 downloads. That is only built with a compounded effort of all of these different lanes over time, right? But you can train them on what to watch now. Right, yeah, and and kind of just made a really important point. It's the compound effect that is the key here, and the impatience of thinking I want immediate results. I mean, the traditional SEO is saying, "Oh, I'm going to write an article about baking cakes, and I will rank number one and get boatloads of traffic, and I can prove to everybody that I'm doing a great job. My boss will be terribly happy." Yep. And the compound effect is what you're talking about, which is to build all this content that builds in Lego blocky style on each other and builds an ecosystem. Absolutely, it does. And it also gives the, the consumer of that, that content 
a vertical to go through, right? So Joe Martinez over at Pay Media Pros has an incredible uh, uh, YouTube channel. And they've been just chipping away and being able to create explainer videos, very detailed videos of how to toggle this to be able to get this result. And uh, it's not just glossing over the key concepts. They're getting into it. So you can actually go into one pay, one video and see the entire series. And now you're hooked. Literally, you can go all the way through. And they're giving so much away. But what are they doing? They're doing the exact same thing I'm talking about. Yeah, they make it look easy. Yeah, I'm getting educated. But boy, it'd be a lot easier just to pay Joe than to try to learn all this. So, so there, there, there's these, these, the compounded fact of investment of this media guarantees that you're going to have a stronger and stronger eat, a, a stronger and stronger level of authority because all these pieces of content are interrelated, right? But it mm -hmm. also has a higher and higher conversion rate over time because people realize you've done all this. There's a lot to do. Why don't we just hire, hire them to do our work, right? Brilliant. Oh, I couldn't have concluded that better. That was a beautiful little last speech. Thank you very much, Aaron. <laughs> Delightful. Uh, I'm going to say thank you to you. Thank you to the people who are watching. That was awesome. We got loads of comments and it was it was great. And it's lovely to see people like Maudie and Alessia and David all watching, who are all great friends. Uh, yeah. For next week, we've got Eli Schwartz. Schwartz, rather. Oh, very cool. Uh, ranking signal versus ranking factor. I thought that was delightfully contentious. So I thought that would make a great topic. And Eli is delightful chap um, who knows his stuff. So please do join us does. next week for Eli. And for today, we're going to say goodbye to Erin with a little song. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Erin. <laughs> You're so welcome. I thought I'd give you the worst <laughs> song ever on the series. Wow, you I appreciate it. it. Now it's going to be my ringtone for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks appreciate a lot, man. Yes, sir.